Ciao. Ciao. Ugh. My wife did. Oh, cut it out. What did you buy that awful stuff for anyway? Awful stuff? It was a question of taste. Satan's favorite meal is sheep eyes and cream. And here's the Bible, sweet. Uh, you don't really mean we're going to make love up here, do you? Why not? What do you want? Grand Hotel. It's more romantic here, isn't it? Watch your head. There we go. Yes, it bed. Did you make love to the colored chick here, too? Mm, such nasty thoughts. You're not prejudiced, are you? <laughs> Come on, get out of this. Let's not go. Just stand there fidgeting. Come on. You were in your preparations. Pretty grief you slow going on. Mm, I swear. If I ever get the National Trail Racing Championship, I'm gonna hire me a babe just like you. Come on. See, you can't change your mind once you sit down. The sex is old hat. He's scared to death of impotence. <laughs> very speaking, of course. Sex is a very demanding occupation. The basic requirement is imagination. Something Elena is totally devoid of. Isn't the tired, illustrious author being a little by? What else is there? All the imagination in the world wouldn't do you any good. If you couldn't get a hard on. Hey, don't hang up. This is Jello Chow Chow, the all Jello show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Chow Chow, the All Shallow Show. I'm Creep. I'm Eric. I'm Chris, and I'm back. Yay! Ha, that ha, worked ha. so well. We didn't plan that or anything. That just happened. It was pretty neat. No. The first time ever we didn't step on each other. I know. That was kind of fun. That's all about to change. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, everyone's missed you. Where have you been? Well, I don't know about everyone, but there's one guy on Facebook, so... Hey, you have listen. a one stalker. Right? I have a one. Yeah, no, I've been great. Uh, I apologize to everyone who missed me last uh, last session, last podcast episode. We had uh, some storm activity here in eastern Pennsylvania, um, and in my neighborhood, basically, it doesn't take very much for uh, some trees to fall on power lines. Uh, suffice it to say that the storm that caused the power outage was over in about 15 minutes and the power was out for about 12 hours. Uh, 
So, um, and my wife uh, informed me that this is the last time this is going to happen because we're going to invest in a generator. So, um, the, the the deal that we struck up was we will get the generator so long as one of the items that is rigged to the generator is um, my internet and computer, so that just in case. Uh, power goes down on another chow chow recording. Uh, we won't have the problem that we had last time. So yeah, screw that's the fridge. Deal we struck up, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. yeah no, the food, the food will be fine. Yeah, it's fine. You gotta have priorities. The best the children, part is, is that the there's children Amish will be fine freezing. At him. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this is totally true. Do you but, see a uh, lot of Amish yeah, people it's great in your to neighborhood? Be, be back. I uh, I don't really have much to say about Cat and Nine Tails. I I really there it goes. No, no, not at all. We live in um in a, what I would call uh, it, it's suburbia, but it, it, it's very close to uh, it's very close to Philadelphia. So we're we're only about fifteen twenty minutes out of the city. Um, the Amish are in a an area called Lancaster. Uh, which is probably about a half hour to 45 minute drive from here. So, so we don't do the kids see them come to your How long would it be on a buggy? It would be much, be much longer to, 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 uh, to rebel against their religion. Yeah. Or why would they come? No, I don't really see them too often. We're, we're too far east. So I'm pretty fascinated by this whole Amish thing. Well, because I used to live in Oregon, and in the middle of the night, all the Mennonites would come out. And <laughs> it was really weird, because, like, you thought you were, like, in, like, suburbia or something. And then, like, at 3 o'clock in the morning at Walmart, there's all these fucking Mennonites on doing their fucking horses and shit. And... It's just weird. And so I wondered if they, like, creeped out like that, because that was kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, they probably do, but it's there's enough creepy people that live near Philadelphia. We don't need the Amish to right. uh, to add to that. So, Well, that's good. But, yeah, um, I was going to say that uh, I was looking forward to, to the discussion of Cat and Nine Tales, but I think at this point it's been discussed – I don't really have much to add to it. Um, if I had to pick my favorite of the three in the Animal Trilogy, it might be Cat and Nine Tales. Um, although Bird, you know, Bird is considered to be a classic film and one of Argento's best. But I think just personal preference, I go with Cat because, um, I don't know, it seems like uh, it's one of those kind of films where you can watch it over and over again. It's fun. It's it's fast paced. It's well acted. I mean, Carl Malden kind of really helps the film, you know, have have some credibility. And uh, the the other uh, the guy who plays his opposite, I forget what his name, James Francesa or something. He's pretty good in it too. Um, so he's actually really one of the better Argento leads, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, his taste of women like is out. Good. But yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, there's really only one girl in that whole movie, right? Except for the woman who gets her face smashed into the carpet. Yeah, frothy face. Yeah, it's kind of a sausage party giallo for sure. Especially yeah, no... at the club. 
the saint at the club, John, or you know, you have beautiful eyes. <laughs> Look at my wavy hair and love it. <laughs> I still can't get over that dude's fucking rug, dude. That was some fucking oh. hair and a half, man. But anyway, so so let's uh, not beat a dead horse and move on because uh, I think Cat of Nine Tails is an awesome film, but the one we're going to talk about tonight is also very awesome for me. Creep, didn't you ask me a question about the Animal Trilogy? Something, uh, and I couldn't answer it. Maybe Chris can answer it. Yeah, I think it was... Um, did it have anything to do with Mark Miro? The, no. The wild cat? Or the wild man? No, it had something to do with some like secret hidden meaning of um, like money and power or something like that. Wow, I don't you know. know. Okay. That, that, if if I'm completely botching this whole show, I apologize, everyone. I really don't know <laughs> what he's talking about. Yeah, the topic sounds vaguely familiar, it but does. I thought we were talking about something like in that regard with another. I film. thought we were talking about um, five dolls. Oh, maybe. With well, you asked me a question yeah. last week about the animal trilogy, and I didn't know where to go with it, and I was really scared and I wanted to hide that we should, we should turn that into a section. It's, it's called creeps. Um, scares kind of obscure. It, no, it, it's, it seems like every one of these podcasts, there comes a point where we get to, we, we get about an hour's or half an hour's through discussing the film. And then creep poses a question that's like, it, it just, it, it's, it's met with complete silence by Eric and myself and neither of us know how to answer it. And it's usually something <laughs> Something like, I don't know, something about, you know, it's a cross between the business and production and context and allegory and irony and pubic care. Wow. To be right. to be fair, you guys are making me feel very good about myself. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting over there writing academic papers, aren't you? Yeah. About vampire sex clubs. It's actually what I'm working on right now, and it's killing and German me. German toupees. Yeah. Oh my god, love me some German toupees and Merkins. Let's talk about Merkins. <laughs> okay. What episode is this? Is this 18? 18. That's, That's also a question you ask every week. It is. Yeah. You just have to have music for all these things. Dun, 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 dun. Creep asks what episode is it. <laughs> <laughs> It should start off going, daughter, daughter, brother, are your eyes? I like that. You know. Yeah, I told you everyone he was gonna sing it tonight. Yeah. I'm so glad I decided not to. <laughs> I I always end up singing some some part of the theme for the for the movie. Like of from the, Cannibal of Holocaust. The... Oh, that was great. <laughs> and then and then it was all drowned it out. Oh, as I'm talking about it. The, the the music just kind of builds up from the background. I it just overwhelms anything I'm saying. I couldn't keep it down. I couldn't keep it down. So I apologize for that. So sorry. It was great though. It, you didn't do, you didn't do it on purpose, but it, it had the it was the best effect. It was almost as if you know the, the cannibals were coming to get me as I was talking about them, kind of thing. Oh, really good times. And there are a lot of um, uh, segues between. Um, Cannibal Holocaust and Your Vice 
Crickets. Okay. That wasn't even a question. It was a statement. There are? Well, segues is probably <laughs> the complete wrong word to use. But um, correlations. Similes. Comparison. Similes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not really the best word I could have used. Oh, man. I shouldn't have started today with wine. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> there was a sale. Well, they drank more wine in this one than they did whiskey, I think, so or scotch. So you're good. Oh my god. Okay. Well, you know what? There are a couple. Eric, anything? Anything new with with the the Burgermeister? Oh me? No, no. Um, clearing up the the rest of my things in uh, in the boiler room on 100 Years of Horror. Only got like five or six more weeks of that going on. And what are you gonna uh, do next? Um, hundred years of sex comedies. <laughs> It'll be kind of boring until I get to meatballs. Would it? Yeah. Well, there might be some fun stuff in the. Is meatballs but... the one where the guy puts his penis through the hole in the shower, and the girls pull? That's and he porky. Starts, that's Porky's. Uh, yeah. I just watched that. It's like good about to know that Chris. Such a great movie. Chris always knows what I'm talking about when I'm talking about filthy, filthy, disgusting stuff. And he puts on this yeah, big like front. Aurora Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the girl so who quacks like a duck. <laughs> oh, there you go. Spoiler alert, everyone who's watching Aurora Snow, Snow pornography right now. <sighs> okay. Um. Well. The only thing um, I did as I uh, went to the Pinball Hall of Fame, my my yearly pilgrimage, and um, I played a shit ton of pinball and took pictures, and I'm going to start blogging about every machine I played. So for those every of you who get really nerdy about pinball, you're you're going to be in for a treat. A treat. Where is the Pinball Hall of Fame? The Pinball Hall of Fame is in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. Awesome. And um, the Pinball Hall of Fame actually took out a small chunk of the main floor at the Riviera Hotel and put some machines there, too. So I stayed at that shithole fucking hotel. It was, like, seriously, <laughs> like, the biggest fucking dump in the fucking... Like, the room was seriously the most disgust... Like, I seriously have stayed in better Motel 6s than that fucking place. And um, the first night I was there, I stayed at Circus Circus, and I was, like, totally going, fuck, this is going to be such a shithole. And then I get to the room there, and it was super fucking nice. They had just redone the rooms. It was great. Like, I'm like, wow, this place is fucking nice. Riviera, dude, not so much. And so, considering Circus Circus is right across the street from the Riviera, or at least from where the pinball room at the Riviera is... I might just do that, but the actual Pinball Hall of Fame is like off the strip down Tropicana, and um, it's really neat because I've been there a few times, and every time I've been there, there's been like maybe three giant obese older men there, and then maybe like some dude who tricked his girlfriend into going there with him, and that's it, but this time I went a couple (laughs) days in a row, and the place was like packed, like there had to have been like 50 or 60 people in there. Like, total, like, waiting for machines, the whole fucking thing, dude. It was crazy. Oh. So it's neat that either... I'm actually I'm actually looking at a Google Google Maps uh, layout of the place. 
And uh, I'm amazed that they not only do they have as many pinball machines as I could have ever imagined, but they also have Dragon's Lair. Yep. And they and Dragon's they have crossbow. Lair. Dragon's Lair is actually at the Riviera right now. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Super fun. And it's right next to the food court. So basically, I would go down, play a game of pinball, walk across the steps, like maybe 50 feet away to the bar, get a drink. It's a panda buffet. Well, I would do the buffet shit a little later, but then I would take like two bucks and I would go put it in a penny slot, bet 40 lines, get like 11 bucks, go back play pinball for another couple hours, drink, get something to eat, put another couple bucks in a penny slot, make eight bucks, go back and play pinball. So I really didn't lose any money on this trip. So that was actually pretty tits. Awesome. Good stuff. I'm going to Las Vegas in like two months. So would you be able to be my concierge and just tell me where if by concierge you mean call girl, definitely. When yes. are you going to go? Seriously, because I'm going to go back then anyway. Are you talking like um, September or October? Mid-September. Like the 10th through the 13th or something like that. I like how you just gloss over September 11th, you fucking asshole. Um, well, you want to hear something? <laughs> Listen to this. You know my pal Blake from... Wrestling with Friends, the podcast about wrestling. I do know Blake from Wrestling with Friends, the podcast about wrestling. He is, he's, I'm going down there for his wedding. He's getting married on September 11th. Isn't that cute? Is he really? Yes. Is he... And it's a Thursday. <laughs> oh, is he trying to like, like kind of? People think we have no taste. I'll tell you what, I'm going down there to scold him. Well, he did pick Tim White, so I'm gonna have to give him a little bit of slack. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we should go because like the Hall of Fame is fucking awesome. So I get on Monster cool. Bash and fucking do that all day. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you up, my my little call girl, and we'll yeah. see the sights, hit some balls. Yeah, Chris, you should come down sometime, and we'll go play pinball because I know you're kind of dying to do it. Yeah, no, I would definitely do that. It, the next time that I get out to Vegas, I will definitely be going there, and we'll let you know for sure. I don't know if Vegas is in my future anytime soon, um, but uh, when it is, you'll be the first to know. Cool, and man. you podcast listeners will also be the first to know. Yeah, because Chris doesn't talk to me unless we're doing the podcast, so that's how I'm going to find out. <laughs> this is... It's true. Well, I, I might send him a message, but most likely it'll just be a message about the podcast, and then I'll tell him on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Okay. Well, Blake, congratulations on almost getting married. Um, right. I don't know what else to say. I know it's like a you're supposed to congratulate somebody, so congratulations, sir. Are you? It's not. It hasn't happened yet, so I'm not going to say congratulations. Did he have an engagement party? Because they have engagement parties on all the no. soap operas I watch all the time. No, no engagement party. Something might have a goes party. wrong. Is he going to have a bachelor party? Yeah. I'll come up for but that. But it's going to be in Minnesota. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Don't you have to film a movie or something up here sometime? Yeah, in October. Soon? Oh, yeah. never mind then. 
It's okay. Hey, what podcast is this? I think this is called the... Everyone just kind of rants about <laughs> shit and doesn't really pay attention to anything. Well, to be People fair... edit all this out. I was going to um, read an email we got. Oh, yeah, we got a new segment, that's, don't we? That, that's fair. Yeah. That's definitely fair. <clears throat> fair. Okay. So here it goes. Take it away, creep. Chow Chow Ragazzi. I think that's how you say that. My name is Al, and I'm half Italian, half American, and 100% awesome. No, he didn't say that last part. That was just me. And I grew up bouncing between Italy and the States. Currently, I live about an hour northeast of Venice. But it, in the early 80s, I lived much farther south in the city of Ostuni. I think that's how that... Uh, and was... And that was when... And where I first discovered Jali. At the time, some Italian TV stations were beginning to broadcast movies from the 70s as a part of their late night programming. Completely unedited, by the way. Fucking shit. Wouldn't that just be... Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. Okay, so being 12, it didn't take me long to discover the sex comedies and become a fan of Edwidge Finnick and Barbara Boucher. Before long, I was scouring through the TV guides and making a point to try to watch everything that they were in, which led me directly to the Jally. Among the ones I can remember watching are Bloody Iris, Strange Vice, Red Queen, Duckling, and Black Belly. When my aunt found out that I liked Jally, she started taking me to the movie theater to see them there, including Scorpion with Two Tails, Blade in the Dark, Tenebrae, New York Ripper. Um, I think I should point out that over here, the term Jallo refers to any mystery. For example, Murder, she wrote, is known as La Senora in Jallo, or The Lady in Yellow. So if you're talking to an Italian and you want to discuss the particularly exploitive jelly that were popular in the 70s, you'll have to say the particular exploitive jelly that were popular in the 70s. Anyway, for years I've <laughs> for years I've wished that I had friends to discuss these movies with and listening to your podcast is the next best thing. I've heard them all and would like to answer some of the questions about Italy that have been made. Yes, we have a Labor Day on May 1st, but we also have an unofficial Labor Month in August where jack shit gets done in the whole country. <sighs> yes, kids know how to play hopscotch. At least they used to. Those kids in who saw must have been tired. Milk comes in cartons like you have in the States. They're just shaped differently. Sometimes the cardboard is a little more pliable, but I haven't seen anything I would call bags. I think that was um, in Thailand. I was kind of looking into that, so that might have been that. Okay. Also, the milk here is stored at room temperature until it's opened, and eggs aren't refrigerated either. Uh, I can't remember any more questions off the top of my head. Let me know if there's anything important I missed or if I could help you out in any way in the future. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Al Owens. Well, Al, right. you are our new Italian foreign correspondent. 
So that is fucking awesome. And seriously, how many of the three of us, after hearing La Senora and Jalo, had the urge to kind of watch Murder She Wrote for a second? I guess I it was just me. Yeah. No. It was. My sister's husband was on, on one episode. It's on some channel here late at night. It's on, it's on some cable yeah. channel like USA or something, right? Or yeah, TBS in the middle of the night. It puts me to sleep often at night. And I can watch it. Well, if there's one thing I can say about Jessica Fletcher, it's if you're friends with her... You're probably already dead. That's it. <laughs> so, the only question, the first, and the first question that comes to mind that I have for Al is, when he said he bounced around between Italy and the United States, did he mean Venice, Italy, or Venice, California? Probably Venice, Italy. Al, where do you live now? Venice, Venice Beach with Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura and that weird guy in the turban and roller skates and the guitar yeah that's been in every movie my friend from Japan said that when people think of California that's all they imagine California being because whenever there's like a show in Japan and they go to California or they go to America they shoot I guess on the Venice Beach boardwalk like that's right. California, and that's what the entire state of California looks like. With that's like cool. someone, someone roller skating with, with headphones on that are just like with an antenna, like radio headphones, yeah. like FM headphones. Definitely, because seriously, um, Venice that's Beach is scary. Like that's such a skeezy fucking town. Like that whole place, it's just kind of skeezy. I've only been there like three but times. I live down the street. Venice is not like that at all. We no. love Venice. Except you find little girls floating in the river. Oh, true. Right, that would be the only problem. Yeah. Yes. That and white pants so after that's Labor cool. Day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's during the non-tourist season, though, so you'd be fine. Yeah. So, you know what I would do? I would join a hot scotch. What's interesting... Talk <laughs> all those kids to the curb, dude. Not so talk the, trash the thing that time. I found thing that i found interesting about um about al's email is that it sounds to me like he was watching the older jolly on tv but then when he was going to the movie theater in the 80s he was watching the ones that were coming out at that time yeah scorpion with two tails is an 80s movie that's tenebrae and new york ripper uh scorpion with two tails is a sergio martino film believe it or not uh and it's the only jalo that he put out after torso Oh, so and I have yet to see it. Blade, so no Blade of the Ripper. That's Lumberto Bava, right? Blade, 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 Blade in the Dark. Blade in the Dark. That's I think Blade in the Dark. Yep. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I totally envy somebody who you know, not only um, kind of grew up a little bit in the culture to under, or at least to understand the context in, in which these films came out, but actually went to see some of them 
um, in first run. Let me ask this question to Al. Al, when those movies you saw in the theater, were those in, like, the main theater houses? Or were those in... What did he call them in that book? Third run houses? That those would usually play? Yeah. Yep. So, there's a question for us. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like by the by the time the '80s were were doing this thing, um, that it might have been that you know, maybe the culture was a little different. You know, maybe you know you're talking about might have been years later, like more susceptible to it and stuff. Yeah, definitely hmm. interesting though. For realsies, that was awesome. So, if any of you else have any questions or want to answer any of our questions, um, send us all emails to all of our respective email addresses that can be found at jalochowchow.com. I think that's how he found all of them, right? I think so. You could also ask questions for Al to answer, and uh, we'll get them right on the case. Yeah. In fact, Al should just answer all the questions. So when we have a question... we're paying him for. Yeah, I think we should just <laughs> ask Al. So I'm just yeah. going to do that now. What are asking us? <laughs> Uh, that's awesome though um, so I guess that takes us directly to our top three <laughs> top three <laughs> top three okay so um, Chris why don't you um, let everyone know what our top three is this time um, I think our top three is the top three Edwidge Finch outfits. Um, and I w- would assume that we're going to be referencing outfits in films that we've covered, but it's not necessarily a requirement. It may be a film that Finch is in um, that we haven't covered, but I would say that it should be a giallo, though, not necessarily a sex comedy or... I agree, because there's this one awesome bikini with daisies on the nipples that um, I almost picked, but it wasn't Jolly. Right. So, there we go. <laughs> so this is, this is basically the, the, the excuse for us all to be somewhat perverted in, in the discussion. Yeah. Because we're basically we're basically just kind of um, obsessing over one woman and, and what she's wearing in various movies. I think we I otherwise think, don't have this opportunity. Yeah, totally. I, I think <laughs> we don't normally do that. I think we should have called this the top three Edwidge outfits that we want to see on the floor in our bedroom. <laughs> no, I'm married. Please. So on the floor Stay. in his basement. Okay, there you go. so which ones I want to smell when she's in the bathroom? So this is just for me now. Okay. Got it. I'll go with that. This is a different list. You married people. Okay. <laughs> so, um, who would like to start this list? Awesome. I'll go first. Me. Okay. You go first. Okay. You meaning me. Um, so my, my number three, okay, well, first off, this list is like a month and a half in the making because we were supposed to do it two episodes ago. And then Eric decided he wanted to do soccer players. 
then we were supposed to do it the last episode, but Chris didn't show up because of weather and God hating his town. So um, <laughs> now we're doing it this time. But the first time I made this list, the Amish hating it too. yeah, like, I don't know. I did a top five and then I picked 10 because I wanted to try to narrow it down. And then I realized that we only do a top three. So my number three is the gold LeMay oh. dancing outfit from five dolls in the beginning when her hair is big like divine and looks amazing yeah those pants look like they're easy to get out of it's a great outfit yeah kind of knew you're gonna pick that one too yeah it's kind of (laughs) hard to miss that one you were all over it when we covered that movie hell yeah like white on rice motherfuckers yeah The hair, the hair was mentioned several times. As well. Oh, the hair in those eyebrows! And yet, you have to qualify it. You, you really do have to qualify it, creep. That the outfit isn't isn't a hundred percent what it is without the hair going with it. So definitely, and it has you know, to I be the after whole her head. head was she was wearing the... down because after her head was upside down and she was swinging her head around a bunch right. when she rolled over to take freaking uh, Professor Dickhead's drink. Her hair was like a fucking <laughs> giant mass of awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> like that's like the octopus working overtime. You would have oh, cut through that hair. Oh my gosh! I would have got my hand, fingers stuck as soon as I shoved them in there. It would have been awesome. <laughs> so, talking about her hair, right? <laughs> okay, so um, what's your number three, Eric? I'm going uh, same film. Can you guess what it is? White bikini. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I call it a flower petal swimsuit, but yeah, to get more specific. But yeah, um, kind of maybe a cop out answer because it's a swimsuit bikini, but nah, you know, I like it. Definitely not a cop out. Not it's a- both, uh, of course, revealing, but also kind of, you know, fashionable and and. Uh, fun to look at yeah that was in my top 10 yeah yeah for realsies there you go glad i was able to bring it up then in the discussion for you (laughs) yep right all right and it just gets pervier from here yep all right let's let's keep going with this thing (laughs) chris like all right so my we're going backwards right like we're doing the third third one first yeah okay so my number three outfit is from the movie that we're covering tonight and I'm not exactly sure why I like this one so much it just kind of jumps out at me it's the it's the outfit that she that Florina wears when she arrives at the train station also with the um, red the red skirt um, with the light uh, colored top which which clearly has no bra under it and the white hat and the red jacket that looks like a cape and the black boots. It's just um, it's just a sight to behold. I she's, can't say anything more. She's than not that. a little girl anymore. Now, if she's not, if we're quantifying things again, this outfit would not work at all without those boots. Right. Exactly. Those boots tie the and whole with, fucking with thing all- together. The other thing that I find interesting as well is that I'm not sure if it would look as good if she had long hair. Hmm. 
That's I think I kind of I kind of like the short hair in that particular outfit, but yeah. I mean, it's really it's really difficult to find Edwidge in a film with any sort of hairstyle or outfit that you don't like. You know what though? If she had long hair, the skirt would seem shorter. Hmm. Seriously. Old salient points. Because the that's right. that's a really Definitely. high waist skirt. Like that is a super high waist skirt. And if her hair was long and like almost touching the waist of her skirt, it would look it would give the illusion that that skirt was like fucking super super short okay tyra banks which is also a good yeah did you why did you, did you go to fit <laughs> no i didn't but um these are just things that i know man I just know what the interesting thing is you're foreshadowing um one of my other picks so go right go, let's move on okay so my number two pick is one that Chris really dislikes for some reason, and I don't know why. <clears throat> but it is the black long sleeve top with the giant orange tie from Casey Bloody Iris. Total controversy. <laughs> and seriously, this is the one thing that doesn't like bring out her parts or anything like that, but it just is so hot. It's such a good look, and it's just she looks amazing in it it hmm. I, I don't know i've never seen a tie that big on anyone before and to have it be an orange tie on top of it on something that's just jet black total contrasting and popping out it's just it's great i love it now was halloween known to be black and orange in italy in the 70s al that's what i'd like to know because then otherwise you could just say that she looks like a Halloween pumpkin walking around. Not really yeah, a, a pumpkin, but it, it's it's very Halloween-y, it is. And that might be one of my draws yeah. to it. But um, it's That's fucking true. super hot. I fucking love it. Hmm. So what's your number well, now two, Now that we sir? know what gets creep, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, mine is... Wow, I'm really falling in line with you because I'm going Case of the Bloody Iris... And I thought this one was going to be kind of controversial, but uh, it's at least I think this is the same movie. Um, but it's she's wearing like a striped shirt and a tie over it, so it kind of it's kind of looks it's like a, not a striped shirt, but like a striped suit, almost suit jacket. So it's kind of like uh, you know when it's like the reverse drag look that women sometimes dress up in, and for some reason looks kind of kinky and sexy. And they kind of look like men, but huh. that's just me. I don't know which one you're talking about offhand. But if she's wearing a tie, I could almost bet it's Iris. Yeah, it's right. like a... Oh, man. We should See, post I, I'm not pictures as good at painting a picture. Yeah, Let's post ridiculous. pictures oh. of all these on the, the group. Okay. That, that would be fun. It would give that's us it would give us another excuse to Google Edwidge. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. I wish, wish I could, uh, could do the, this outfit justice, like you guys have been doing. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's just, it's kind of like, uh, um, I don't know what, what the word would be for it, but yeah, I just when it kind of looks, kind of, you know, like that reverse drag look, like I was talking about earlier. So, nice. Very good. Yeah. 
I can't wait to see it. Very nice. Well, we won't waste any more time on me jumbling for words. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, I have two that I picked for number two simply because I was wondering if anybody was going to take one of my two. They have it, so I'm going to pick. Um, I think <clears throat> my number two pick is going to be uh, from Case of Bloody Iris again, um, but we're talking about the outfit where she's wearing the armor. Oh my god. Sweater with the black bra underneath, with the green skirt, and again the boots. And I don't have a boots fetish, but it seems to be uh, repeating. Eventually, she runs away, and the the shirt um, the shirt goes along goes along with it. And I think that's the outfit. I don't think the outfit is with the orange sweater. Is it the orange sweater that the killer pulls the over out- her face? Right. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's good. But I think, but the outfit is with it's, it's once the sweater is off and she's running around with just a black bra and, and a green skirt and boot. That's the outfit. So when she goes to the Not lesbian's to, house. Again. How pervy can you get, right? <laughs> Eric, are you still there? <laughs> Hello. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Is there a huge so delay? I was kind of worried we're going to run into this issue with this, this discussion, but I think I can kind of remember. Rem- I'm looking up pictures of it right now, actually, and I do kind of remember it now. So, but it's kind of a strange outfit to, you know, run around naked in. Choose. Run around. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the look on the face of the girl, the other girl, when she runs into the room and she's like, "Oh my gosh, who is this? What? Thank you, God." You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you, you could drive any man crazy looking like that. Right. No no wonder there's a maniac after you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my number one is also from Bloody Iris, because this movie is just the most fashionable movie ever. Um, it's her in the little tiny black shorts and the painted on shirt during uh, the photo uh, shoot. Curse that's, you. That's a cop out. What do you mean that's no, a cop out? That's fucking awesome as shit. Because it's painted on. That is an outfit. And that's your number one too, Chris? <laughs> you got that's it. That's awesome. That's been my Always been. <laughs> oh, it's so hot. It's so hot. It is. It is rather hot. It's rather provocative and alluring. And it's pretty early in the film too, isn't it? So that's the first time you see her, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was the first time I ever saw her. Um, ever. I mean, I think that was the first film I ever saw Edwidge in. So. It's interesting, for sure. It's all kind of just gone from there, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Chris, (laughs) is there anything else you want to say about it? No. I mean, uh, it's it is what it is. It could also be that she's standing next to a motorcycle, standing next to another girl with a painted-on outfit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole scene. There's there's nothing bad about any of it, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. 
Except, I mean, she's wearing the, the, the pixie cut wig again, and I prefer with the long hair. So that's really my only minor contention with the whole thing. I agree with you completely. I just think that a painted-on outfit probably wouldn't look as good with her hair covering it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Logistically, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, so what's your number yeah. Eric since I accidentally blew our load so I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a different number one now because I have an, one that we haven't discussed yet Ooh. but it's Eric's turn okay so go ahead. okay uh, yeah I'm no no surprises here sticking with the same film um, at least once again I think it's the same film but and I do remember the word I was thinking of for the last one it's androgynous that's Ooh. that's the kind of thing do you like your wimp oh, yeah. androgynous Eric not necessarily all the time, but every once in a while. You like your women like for little treats. What's that? You like your women like gold dust. Yes. Yes. There wrestling again. You don't have to call attention <laughs> okay. to it. Let's just sweep it under the rug. Okay. <laughs> um. And uh, this is a like a little purple negligee, nighty that she yeah. wore in that film. Sheer. So once again, maybe. The, you know, get, taking the easy one here. That's right. During the photo shoot. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's not like you know she walks around wearing it or anything like that. It's obviously staged and everything like that. But still, it's hard not to. It's just notice hard. that on her. Yeah. And everything else, yes, is hard, hard. as well. Yeah. yeah. So. And and interestingly enough, she's also wearing what I would assume to be a very good-looking outfit later on in the movie when she has like a she's 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 asleep and somebody bursts into the room uh to strangle her and then she wakes up they don't really show her that much but she has like a, another kind of a nightgown thing on while she's talking to her ditzy girlfriend um yeah. they don't really show her outfit so i i, I almost threw that one in as one of my top three but it, it really doesn't get enough um coverage visual coverage in the film so i just qualified it so yeah i was i was looking at that one too and trying to figure out if it was the same one but um just yeah for the easier visual and to even be able to find a picture of it i'm gonna go with the the purple negligee in the photo shoot nice very nice so So what's your fake number one chris what's your fake so well we know that my number one has been taken um so my new number one which was really uh, a number two is in all the colors of the dark, the white long dress. Fuck man, a shirt in the shower. Yeah, that was my number four. <laughs> 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 That's so good, and it's only because she's wet in the shower. Because yeah, it doesn't look good when it's dry. No, no, no. And the funny thing Not is, when I was doing a top five list, my number five was her in the garters and the fur coat from Strip Nude. But then I also I, that one too. I also liked her with the gun in the fur coat, but only with the gun, like towards the end of the movie. Right. But um, so if I could put the gun, the fur coat, and the garter in one outfit, that would have been number one <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we are just a bunch of nasty perverts. Can I do the? Can I can I change one of mine and just say the the black underwear holding the cat? Even though 
I think that was just for the still shot for the for this movie we're talking about today and that. Oh yeah. Was it in the movie? I don't think. I don't think I don't that think was think in the so. movie. I don't and the picture I posted of but, that. Uh, yeah, I just came across. There's no underwear in it. She's nuked. Oh. But there okay. is another I picture I saw where she has underwear on too. It's weird. I think someone Photoshop. I know. I think someone went a little Photoshop crazy. So if you guys have um, any ones that we miss that you would like to throw in there, um, <clears throat> either tell us about it or just post the pictures in the group because I kind of have a feeling that the group is going to turn into a soft core pornography house in about 15 minutes. So um, pretty excited about that. Luckily, it is a closed group. So. Yes. So without any further ado, um, instead of playing the trailer for your vice, because all it is is music on every trailer I found of it, um, I'll just go ahead and play the awesome daughter daughter song because that won't annoy the shit go. out of anybody. <laughs> daughter! Daughter! Yeah, okay, um, so... Daughter, daughter, lift your head. What color are your eyes? Daughter, daughter, look ahead. Don't let them tell you lies. Be yourself. Prove yourself, help yourself, free yourself, know yourself, show yourself, help yourself, be yourself, doctor, doctor, please yourself, daughter, daughter, lift your eyes, what color are your dreams, daughter, Close hide the doors of the world. Naked we are all equal. Daughter, daughter, lift your head. What color are your eyes? Daughter, daughter, look ahead. Don't let them tell you lies. Be yourself, prove yourself, help yourself. Free yourself, know yourself, show yourself, help yourself, be yourself, daughter, daughter, please yourself, daughter, daughter, lift your eyes, what color are your dreams, daughter, daughter, sweet and wise, no man is what he simple for this generation to come on like it's something because and we're back wasn't that song lovely we were all clapping along yeah i especially like the part when there's a naked woman on a table for no apparent reason which putting her head on the chandelier which according to imdb was ripped off in the movie hair in 1975 huh yeah that's interesting because apparently before this no one has ever been naked dancing on a table before (laughs) 
Do you mean that it, the actual footage was lifted, or it was the idea? Was the idea off? was ripped off, and they did it in hair. I see. Right. Because that's a movie about hippies as well. Yeah. Right. So, um, why don't, uh, this is Chris's pick. So Chris, why don't you, um, give us a little frump frump about the film? Okay. So, um, I'm really glad that we are covering this because I watched this, this film quite a while ago. Um, and I've always been a big fan of Sergio Martino's, uh, films from this period. But this film never really did anything for me. It just kind of left me kind of stale and bored. Um, and, you know, the thing that happens, I don't know if it happens with everybody or just Americans in the 20, you know, in the, you know, in the 90s or the 2000s that watch Giallo films. Um, but there's a little bit lost in the translation. There's a little bit lost in the... Um, in, in the, the time span that has elapsed since the film's come out. Um, and having watched, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of Jolly now, I think that I really have a newfound appreciation for the film. Um, it comes at a time uh, in the history of Martino's films where, um, let's see... He uh, he had put he put out a bunch of films in a in a small period that were for all Jallo, um, Case of the Scorpion's Tail, and All the Colors of the Dark, and this one, <clears throat> and um, it stars obviously Edwidge as we've been talking. Uh, it also um, stars Anita Strangeberger or Strangeberg, and. Um, it's for you know. I guess we can do a quick synopsis. Um, yeah. You know, we're certainly we're not going to certainly do you know play by play here, but um, it uh, it starts with um, Oliviero. Is that the guy's name? Um, who uh, is a kind of failed or or kind of frustrated writer who lives in a very large and um, dilapidated uh, mansion um, with his wife, uh, played by Anita Strindberg, and the, the actor who plays... Uh, uh, the actor who plays Oliviero, I, off the top of my head, I have to look it up, to be honest. Um, he was in, he was in Bay of Blood, right? Luigi he was, something. All he I remember is it's Luigi. He was definitely in Bay of Blood. Um, Pastilli. Pastilli. And um, so basically the film opens with their life. You know, uh, the the failed writer um, who's who's got some issues with, um, I guess, writer's block, which is also, we also find out, may or may not be causing some sort of impotence in a sexual way. Um, right. In his penile section. <clears throat> um, and um, there's a very, it, the, you know, the film opens, it, it, instead of it being this normal kind of opening of a film where we're introduced to characters and things are established right away, 
Um, instead, we're kind of thrust right into this lifestyle that they're leading, um, where for some for some reason there's a campground of hippies, and they seem to just want to come and hang out with Oliviero and his wife and his maid, and party and drink, and then um, get on his case for somewhat kind of pseudo enslaving a black girl. And I guess that's where the whole it's daughter daughter thing weird is shit. It it's it's as weird as a as an opening of I, I you know I thought all the colors of the dark was a strange opening with the dream sequence, um, lizard in a woman's skin again a strange opening with a dream sequence. But this one is kind of like you know where are we? What are we doing here? And um, not only does do they do this weird scene with the daughter daughter, but also you can see there's this abusive relationship going on where Oliviero goes around and collects everybody else's drinks and then forces them down his wife's throat and she runs away and she's crying and um, I think we need to say right from the start that Anita Stringberg um, looks about as much like a skeleton in this movie as is humanly possible um, butthole face very, no yeah. she is not butthole face <laughs> but what I will say is <clears throat> I give her mad props for even doing this movie because if I'm not mistaken she was a big model right like a European model and to do yep. a film where she looks so hideous like the entire fucking movie that's like seriously like ballsy I mean I can't even get fucking actresses who haven't done shit to look like shit in a movie you know <laughs> and <clears throat> like i was just like i just i give her a lot of credit on that the, the only other thing i want to say about the beginning real quick is that the very the the opening of the movie the title sequence has um him and uh strange burger like having sex in like a black room under silk sheets with like a fan blowing on them. So I, I assume that that's like a fantasy or something like that. But, um, I'm a little bummed out Was it because it did, it, it cut to the house, the mansion, and then cut to the cat and then cut to the picture of the mom before it showed him. So it, it's hard to think if that was like kind of what he was thinking of or it, it's just, it was, it's a weird thing in the beginning is all. Yeah. He, yeah. he was very hypersexual with a lot of things. Yeah. Even though he was impotent. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's kind of ambiguous. You, you, you may be led to believe that the opening sequence is, um, with Finette, with with um, whatever whatever her name is in the in the the character's name that that Edwidge plays, um, simply because it's blurred out and you can't really tell. And well, I think I just watched it again and I saw the red hair. So oh, and you see him? Yeah, oh, because okay. at first I didn't oh, think it showed anybody either. I thought it was just two I, random people fucking. But um, can you can you definitely make out Oliviero in, yeah, in the opening? You totally can't. Oh, okay. yeah. That curly okay. bush of a hair. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, we can't really go much further into this discussion without talking about some of the fashion things that are going on. Um, the two that I, I thought I'd like to get Creep's opinion on, first of them, <laughs> the first one is... Why not mine? Um, <laughs> well, 
I'm I'm sorry, Eric. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. I, Creep's gonna definitely have an opinion on on All memes. Right. Um, um, so uh, what? I, I don't want to call her Strange Burger anymore. I want to call her by her um, Florian. Is it Floriana? No, that's the other girl's name. Is it uh, I, Irene? Irene. 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 But Irene. That's how it's Irene. But it's like Urena or Irina. I kept calling her Urine. But yeah, let's call her urethra. 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 Okay, so okay. so narrow urethra. So anyway, said what? So so for the first one is I want to talk about her wig, her her red-haired wig, yes. which is clearly a wig, right? Yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about is the fact that Oliviero is always wearing a sweater turtleneck. Um, there you go. Jordy. Just throwing those two out. Yeah, and it bothers me unless he's wearing that awesome fucking coat with the fur collar. Because that coat is fucking amazing. There's one scene where all three of them are wearing great coats when they're on their picnic. But um, the one thing I did notice about this film, which um, I'll go into a little bit now, but it'll probably be something to talk about later, was that um, especially during the hippie scene, um, you have all these characters and um, their wardrobes are very drab, even for hippie standards. And the their hair is awful. Like <clears throat> when uh, that girl who starts singing "Daughter, Daughter," like I just <laughs> wanted to comb her hair the whole fucking time. Like it was like gross. And I wanted to give her braces or something, dude. It was just like, but everyone <clears throat> is dressed really poorly. I think for 1971, 1972, and the the maid even has on like this weird long sleeve flower shirt underneath like a gray dress. It just it like everything looks off and weird. And so I said to myself, self, I don't know if this was shot in Rome. So I checked to find out where it was shot. And it was shot in a village um, in Padova, Veneto, which is northeastern Italy, like kind of close to the Adriatic Sea, but like up top, like, and I even um, did a little Google satellite map stalking to try to... um, (laughs) put it together better but um i honestly think that because this was the majority of this movie was shot so far out of rome that um they probably didn't have access to the fashion and maybe even the extras because there was a part of me that thought maybe the insides were shot in rome and the rest was shot on location but um i just i can't for the life of me figure out how the costumes and the hair in this movie are so bad unless it was something to just make Edwidge look better and super hip and look super great. But even her outfits, they're not amazing. Like they normally are there. There's, there's some good outfits that she has on in this, but for the most part, it's pretty bad. And even when they go to town and um, freaking Bay of Blood dude is sitting having um, wine or whatever with fucking Detective Big Guy and um, 
what the fuck is his name? Detective. Uh, I don't know. The fucking cop that is kind of a shitty cop, but right, probably right. better than most. Like I was checking out the people in the background and um, with the exception of some great coats, the people weren't dressed very good. And well, I mean, in, in that particular scene, weren't they talking about uh, that particular town or did I just did I just dream that the thing thought, that jumps out at me about that scene was them talking about who the murderer was? Oh, because I know there was there's a part in the scene where they're sitting at the table and it's Oliviero and the detective and they're talking about how isn't it isn't it, isn't it amazing that we've. You know that the cultures have all kind of merged together and we've got um you know we've got scotch whiskey and we've got um you know we've got all these different imports and i thought he said the name of the town that they were in and i thought it was the one you looked up that starts with a v was it vigneto or Benito? um well it's I'm gonna try it okay it was actually villa ludgi Brescio, Tuolo, Padova, Veneto, Italy. So if that, okay. I, I think that's like the house, the town, the county, the state. That's even right. that's too that's not enough. That's there's more words than that. I don't know, but yeah, that's a place. In fact, the the house that they shot this in, since we're on the subject, um, is the same house that was in a film called a quiet place in the country with Franco Nero and Vanessa Redgrave from 1968. If that is interesting to anybody. So, um, but yeah, so that was that. And dude, like that white fucking sweater he has on looks like something my grandma would have worn. It's like, I don't know, dude, the fashion in this movie is just weird. Are we still here? It is. Okay. And, and, and you know, I'm, I kind of, I get a, are you there? I get a, I get a sense that some of it is done with a little bit of context. Like one of the things I noticed was that when we finally get to the end of the film and, uh, urethra has revealed herself, um, as basically just pretending to be this fragile, Spoiler. mentally unstable person. Yeah. Um, she looks completely different. Yeah. No, she totally uh, does her makeup. makeup and, yeah. Her makeup and hair is done and she, she all of a sudden looks much better than she did before. And, um, I, I'm sure that that wasn't, was not a coincidence. So, um, the chicken yeah, store I, that he had a fling with, I guess, who, um, is probably the first victim of the film, if I'm not mistaken. The little outfit she has right. on in the bookstore is kind of cute, but mm-hmm. like with the little collar hanging out of the sweater, it's kind of neat. But yeah, other than that, not not really fashion crazy on this thing, except that wig. I mean, right. that wig starts to grow on me. It's like <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Eric, what did you think about all the fashion in this film? Huh? Oh, sorry. I was uh, cleaning my rifle, drinking my beer over here, so I didn't quite catch all that. But yeah, I agree with you. 
awesome. So basically, the the plot of this movie, besides him being an impotent slob and his wife, yeah, we kind of just we went off the rails very quickly, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that kind of night. Yeah, well, I mean, it, yes. It, if if I could jump back in, um, if you don't mind. Um, so if you, for those people who are familiar with the strange vice of Mrs. Ward, that whole idea behind that one was that there was a killer maniac and that the, the existence of this maniac killer was used as an excuse for, um, other things to happen in the film. Super spoiler kind of, territory, by the way, right now. So if you yeah, haven't, I mean, if you haven't seen Miss Ward, you might want to close your ears for a minute. Right. Uh, sure uh, um, that, that's true that's a good point I mean it, you, hopefully you've watched if you're listening to this you've watched this film um, but this is a recycled element so we find out you know it, it very very quickly within the first say 20 minutes of the film the the woman who works at the bookstore is supposed to meet Oliviero um, and I, I wrote down day for night scene because I'm learning um she gets killed in this, and, and it's a really, really well uh, orchestrated uh, kill scene. I liked it a lot. Um, and not too long after that, um, we have the murder of the maid uh, in the house, in the mansion, but not before she decides to try on the dress of um, Oliviero's mother. Um, and then she gets stabbed to death with the dress on. Um, and so now um, there's this issue with the fact that the first girl who was murdered, um, they come and talk to Oliviero. The, the police come and talk to Oliviero about it because he's uh, a suspect. Um, and now there's a dead girl in their house and they decide that they're going to hide her in the wine cellar behind the wall instead of call the police. Um, and... Uh, and so that's kind of where things get started. And the thing that I liked about this movie is that unlike the normal giallo, it's like, okay, you've got a killer and you've got a detective and he's following clues. And we go from one step to the next step to the next step to you finally get to a conclusion. With this film, it's more like, okay, um, there's a lot of things all going on at the same time. You've got this weird relationship between the husband and wife you got the dead uh, maid who's in the cellar you've got the cat who has some kind of weird connection with everything and then you have the arrival of uh, Floriana who correct me if I'm wrong is Oliviero's niece is yes, that right that's right and is it a blood niece is I don't it... think it matters if he was really fucking his mother which is something else that they bring up <laughs> Yeah, they, they brought that up, but wasn't it a little bit more ambiguous? A- ambiguous, like, um, like it, fi- like figuratively, he was having sex with his mother, but not actually, not literally. I don't know. I, I, I think, think he was actually having sex with his mother, right, creep? It's well, I just felt like that because it seems like the reason why he's so depressed and can't function is because his mother's dead and he was in love with his mom. That's what I got out of it. Um, <clears throat> because then at the end of the movie, you find out that um, freaking Urethra killed his mother. And Satan the cat was her cat, the mom's cat. Right. That, part I mi- that part I missed. So 
uh, uh, Irina and Floriana orchestrated the murder of Oliviero's mother? No, just Irina. I don't think um, Florina oh, oh, right. okay. was... I don't even think she knew that she was coming around until... Right, okay. But see, that's the other thing about this movie that's weird. You have all of these characters because you also have fucking Speed Racer on the dirt bike who right. has like a weird little affair with Florina and they have their whole little life but his life never intersects with the wife like I know he knows who she is but usually in these movies you have a cast of characters and they all kind of interact with one another somehow and in this right. you have this character interacts with these people then this character interacts with these people. Then this character interacts with these people. And then on top of all of this, you have freaking Eric Bischoff walking around as fucking <laughs> Ivan Rossimoff with his fucking awesome fucking wig. Yeah, the white hair, the silver hair. <laughs> it was fantastic. You just have. I forgot he was even in the film. I forgot like three times. Like every time he popped up, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot he's in this movie. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, yeah. but that—that's one of the things I liked about this. It was—it was kind of like, um, you know, we can talk about the the characters. A lot of stuff to, to talk about with these characters. First of all, like like um, Edwidge's character is completely different than any of the other types of characters that she's played in Martino films before this one. Yeah, she doesn't have the long hair. She's not the victim. She's not even the main character. Um, and I hate her English voice in, in this one. Um, Do you? It's, it's just, yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, I the other thing that the other thing that I thought was really interesting was when they went on this picnic. It's like, who in their right mind would think that this picnic was a good idea? I mean, the the Oliviero is having, uh, they've got this bizarre love triangle going on, and the two women are getting it on with each other but both of them are getting it on with the guy separately the women know that the, all all three of them know about the maid in the cellar but they're not supposed to all know that they know um and then while he's kind of strolling along the cliff they're talking about pushing him off it was just it was such a weird scene it was like very awkward they're all pretending to be civil with each other but at the same time clearly they're not and there's this sexual tension and then there's this just this all this other weird stuff going on i thought that was just a strange scene that you know i i would i could never <clears throat> understand you know, i never picture um i could never picture that happening in real I life i think how it worked out was more likely than not she was probably saying maybe a threesome would be awesome let's go somewhere so no one could walk away and then little did she know that um Mr. Dude who is impotent, who still is able to fuck people, would actually try to still walk away and then realize that there's a cliff and he has nowhere to walk, but he'll just keep walking along the cliff. But my thing is, is if you have murdered someone and things aren't going good with one of your accomplices, the last place you should be is on the side of a cliff. That's just a heads up from this guy. Eric, are you still there? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Because you are you normally have a little blue square around your picture every once in a while. And there hasn't been oh. any blue around you. Just making sure. Still, still breathing. 
So yeah, that's my Sorry. big thing. What do you think about that, Eric? Do you think the all the sex in Edwidge was great? All the sex? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I mean, Edwidge's character in this was really refreshing, especially for people who listen to this show, because we've been watching her as a certain character a lot right. lately. Yeah, and she's... Yeah, I mean, Chris mentioned the the voice is a little off. I did actually catch on or, you know, notice that as well. But um, a lot of her dialogue is, is a lot different, too. It's a lot more confident. And, um, yeah, she's not the damsel in distress. I think there's one line that she says, um, all the imagination wouldn't do you any good without a hard on. <laughs> and it seems like kind of like a throwaway humorous line, but it really isn't. It's She's actually making a good point. Uh, towards Mr. Oliviero because you know he's got all these you know as a writer he can have all the imagination in the world but uh, if he's not he, I think they said he hadn't written a word in three years it's kind of like uh, she's she's merging the two things that uh, he's failing at recently in that uh, you know both the the, uh, the lovemaking department and the writing department so um yeah, I think speaking <laughs> of her really oh go, what's the other line I just wanted to yeah, throw this in there really quick is he said something about her two bit whore and the, she just said well that's two bits well spent <laughs> yep <laughs> she's just quick on the draw dude yeah, I really like what that. about freaking Mr. Foreplay when he takes her to the barn and she's like you're not thinking about making love to me here are you and he's like yeah it'll be cool we're in a sleeping bag you know just take your clothes off and she's like I don't yeah. know about this and it's just like, well, well, now we're naked and we'll zip it up. Now you can't get away. It's like how easy and how much peacefuler would the world be if that's how easy it was to get people to go to bed with you? Like <laughs> that was just like the most ridiculous foreplay in the history of the world. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I was going to say that the yellow sleeping bag was my number three outfit. For <laughs> yeah. It was, I I mean, I I guess maybe I'm a little naive, but, you know, she was watching him in this, I, she had just met him, then she went to watch him in this uh, motorbike race, and then the next thing, I didn't hear that, I guess I didn't see the transition from one thing to the next, but I guess... I don't think there was... Somewhere one. along... What's that? I don't think there was one. They were... There was just, the was, next thing you know, they were in a barn? Yeah, because he fucking yeah, shoot her out, too. He's like, fucking my bike! And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So here, let's go to this barn and fuck. Like, that was the transition. Yeah, there was just... It was great. I, I, I enjoyed but it. But I've, I've stopped looking for that sort of thing in these kind of films. Like, uh, you know, one scene transition to the next, and I just kind of go with it That's at this awesome. point. Well, the <laughs> other thing, too, about <clears throat> um, her and the dude, the bike guy... Um, I was watching the English dub with the English subtitles and when she first oh. eats him and she's like, Hey there, hot potato. They're so different. <laughs> like there was this whole conversation about hot potatoes and the dub yeah. and they kept saying hot potato, hot potato back and forth or whatever in their little conversation. And in the dub, that's never mentioned at all. <laughs> it's like no potatoes. It trips me out. Like who is in charge of the dub versus the translation. It's just, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I, I get my assumption. And this would be a question for Al would be that maybe the subtitles 
were written based on someone translating the Italian into English and not actually listening to the English dub. Because, you know, if it was an English, if, if they just took the English dub and turned it into subtitles, the, the words should match almost exactly. Yeah. And they don't. Um, there's another scene where the same guy shows up to, to um, deliver the goods uh, in the morning and um, and Strangeburger comes out and he says something about in in the in the in the audio dub I think he whistles but the subtitles says something about wow look at those legs or something like that so <laughs> it's just like it's, it's it's all over the place and she's got those that's another fashion thing she's got this 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 short nightgown with fuzzy slippers on which just totally baffled me like i would think that you would get pieces of rock or 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 stucco or whatever uh caught in your toes if you walked around in that mansion with those kinds of with with those slippers on but you know it's just like some bombed out mansion well the thing that cracks me up is that they have a maid and that place is like the dirtiest (laughs) fucking place on earth (laughs) so i guess she's just there for um touching but the other thing is like the last thing i would ever put on to masturbate in is that big ass dress like <laughs> that was just the most ridiculous uh, thing ever eric mother like, of scott dress or something yeah eric's like i'd wear it oh yeah it's not androgynous enough for me yeah i do like the bill hook return because yeah. um, I thought that was really cool in Bay of Blood, and I didn't know what it was called, and so oh yeah, okay, <clears throat> like that's a neat little weapon. Yeah, it's very unique. It's not quite a machete or a knife. It's a little bit of both. Now, wait a second. I'm so fucking confused right now. I'm watching the movie in the background. Now let me get this straight. Did the guy who killed the first girl, is he the one who actually killed the maid, or did Strangeburger kill the maid? No, the, the Ivan Razumov killed the maid. To try to frame Oliviero? Yeah, they were both trying to frame him, and then there was also that, that uh, bookstore girl who got killed, and there was that sort of a she was killed by the bookstore Book maniac. Yeah, yeah, like a miss. Yeah. Because my only question is, is that both the maid and the girl at the bookstore and the blonde girl, they were all killed with a bill hook. And so, right. if they didn't know that that's what the murder weapon was, how did Ivan know to kill the maid with a bill hook? Unless that was just the mm. most common slashing thing. Kind of it's like a lot of bill hooks and it's what know. everybody uses. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. bill hooks were used in fishing more. <laughs> That's what I read when I looked up bill hooks. Well, that would make sense that it was used in Bay of Blood. Exactly. They were doing that thing with the octopus and in, the, in that film. Um. The the girl who was killed, who came on the train, oh my who God. wore the blonde wig, lovely. Um, was she supposed to be a hooker? No, she was oh, coming she, to she visit was introduced her as first, or something. Yeah, but what was what, what were they doing? Where she's on the phone and saying that she's going to send her 
her granddaughter over to meet this guy or something. Which is, maybe she's just getting set up on a date or something. Maybe. I just found it interesting that right before she turns off the light, she makes the sign of the cross. Did you notice that? No. I did right notice. Before she could, um, they take your wig off. Was horrifying. <laughs> yes, it was with all the dolls. Yeah, dude. That, that scene is seriously very scary. Like, it, it's like one of the most suspenseful scenes in any of these movies I could think of. It was like I think that, really good. I think that it's, it's almost become at this point kind of commonplace to put dolls in these films. Even um, in 72? So uh, yeah, that's true. He may have been kind of at the forefront. It's like, is it, you know, is it dolls or is it mannequins? Because Blood, Blood and Black Lace used the mannequins. And, and, and I think mannequins. Uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula did the mannequins. and Yeah, that was just scary. And when she took off that blonde wig, I almost but, cried. I thought uh, that was her real the, hair. I got all what else I have? I had a couple other notes. <laughs> oh, um, let's talk about the, uh, well, I mean... We could finish talking about the the story and the the plot. I guess um, we've kind of covered most of it. I mean, really, what happens here is that um, oh, one of the things I thought was interesting was um, after Oliviero gets killed with the scissors, um, and then there's the scene where uh, Ariana or Irina gives the jewels to Floriana, <laughs> and then she says, it's, "Come on, stay the night," and they have more lesbo sex. Um, then there's somebody typing on the typewriter, right? Yeah. And it's, I guess it's silver-haired guy. Yeah. Um, but when they go down, um, I thought it was interesting that the typewriter basically just had the word vendetta typed over and over and over again. Yeah. And it reminded me of that Kubrick scene in The Shining yeah. where, uh, where, where Jack Torrance has just typed that you know thing over and over again on thousands of pages well he also uh, put before that when he was in the room before she killed him the reason why she killed him basically was that he was typing over and over again i'll kill her and put her in the cedar wall over and over and over and over again and you know that's funny because i had a thought about that and maybe i'm off on a on a wild goose chase of of irrationality but um i I started to suspect that maybe um, Oliviero and Floriana were discussing a novel that he was writing, and in the novel, he was going to kill his wife and hide her behind. Like, he had gotten the inspiration, and maybe he wasn't writing that this was a confession. He was he was actually writing the script to a movie, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, to a novel, and then when his wife comes and reads it, she reads it out of context, you know? Um, but didn't he already put the maid in the wall by that point? Yes, but he didn't kill her. So yeah. So I wonder if he got like he got the idea and said, you know, he got inspired. Like, hey, I'm going to write this novel based on these events. Kind of like, um, what's his name in Bird with the Crystal Plumage starts to write after all of these murders start happening, whereas before he could only write about the preservation of rare birds. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I also liked um, I also liked the, the music. It was different. I mean, clearly there are scenes of tension where there's just tense music. 
but the main theme kind of really reinforces the whole gothic thing with the harpsichord playing yeah uh, and then i mean how often do you hear a giallo film soundtrack with not only a harpsichord as the main instrument but also i think in one of the versions of the theme they use an oboe um so it's like it's really like reinforcing this gothic kind of not modern i think the idea here is you know we're trying to get as, as far away from modern as we can uh without making it a period piece you know it's still it's still a modern thriller but it takes place in in rural italy where obviously the fashion hasn't made its way there and you know it's it's this old rustic mansion and um, even the music is is old fashioned to a certain extent. So, except for the daughter daughter song, of course. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Eric. So this whole thing's basically based around the black cat from Edgar Allan Poe, which is pretty obvious just by watching it and um, the constant reminders with the black cat scenes, which I got kind of annoyed with. But right. I, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but. There was yeah, there were a lot of clues that this was definitely a nod to Poe with the uh, the the fact that he was a drunk, but he still made fun of or he still kind of you know talked badly about it, calling it a poison. Right. And they were drinking the Scotch whiskey, and then the uh, uh, just the fact that he was constantly paranoid, even though he was wasn't the one killing people. Uh, though of course we didn't know that, but the fact that uh, you know they. They discovered who killed the bookkeeper or the book girl, and then they also, um, once we found out that um, Strange Burger, Urethra, whatever her name is, was was behind it. He still, you know, I guess he didn't have very much time to process it all. But he just, yeah, he, he, I thought he played that part very well. The the paranoid, um, is he starting to think that maybe he is the killer, and he just does it unconsciously or something like that? Uh, I I thought that sort of thing was done really well, but the, the actual black cat, it was kind of over the top, and I don't think they needed to include it that many times. And Especially then, uh, after it gets stabbed in the eye, and all those like close-ups yeah. of the missing eye, that was a little <laughs> gross. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could see why they wanted to do it, maybe, for the, the shock value, but yeah, it was kind of getting to be a little, kind of wearing thin on the patients, but... Um, but then there was this thing with the jewels at the end. I, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of that. Like, I think it was like 20 minutes to go in the film, and they involved these jewels all of a sudden. Well, and that's what Floriano was after the whole time. I liked that with the idea that <clears throat> this movie almost feels plotless a lot. Like, yeah. there's not a reason to go to the next scene. Like, you don't really... It's not like they're trying to figure something out or they're, there's nothing pushing the story along, really. And then all of a sudden at the end, like you have Florina's plot in being there revealed, um, Ivan's reason for being there revealed, um, fucking Urine... That's not her name. Irina's reason for being in the marriage still after all these years. So it was like... <clears throat> it, the weird thing about this is that you have like this plotless movie that's not bad it's just it doesn't really seem to have a very thick plot going for like an hour and then all of a sudden it was like bam 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 here's everything you need exactly. to know 
And so that made right. a movie that to especially the first viewing of, that someone might see of this be like almost mind numbing. It makes it like fucking like kick into gear all of a sudden. And like that last yep. bit is just great. And like when she starts talking about like, oh, why don't you kill him? You know, and then like she overhears him in bed and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill her. I already made another hole in the wall and all this other shit. It's like she's getting them going because at the end of the day, all she wants are these jewels. But before that, you're like, what is her fucking purpose in being here at all? Right. You know, why won't she just leave if she hates it so much? Just leave the battered wife kind of thing. Because her favorite thing about battered women is the batter. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> okay. So anyway. yeah, it's it's all a movie that uh, that really carries its weight towards the end. Uh, one of the the best scenes in the film, of course, being the riding down the the path of the mountain, and then uh, crazy wig hair guy's got his oil can ready, and just the anticipation and the tension. You knew what was going to happen. Um, the flashing of the scenes, uh, the the foreshadowing. Where they kept showing the billboard and panning out every couple that seconds. That was probably one of the like better things done in this movie. Because for yeah. the most part, from a directing standpoint, this movie does not go above and beyond. You know, there's not really like you don't watch this movie and think to yourself, "Oh my god, this director has quite the eye." You know, there's yeah. never anything like that happening, but that flashing between the images of the sign and them writing and Ivan pouring the oil on the ground. That was awesome. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you didn't know what the sign was at first. It was like a close up of a woman. And then as I kept going back, you started to realize this is a billboard. Oh my gosh. They're on the mountain. Oh my gosh. There's a guy pouring oil into something. And it, yeah, like so cool. there's enough stuff like that in Martino movies. I think that, um, definitely helps him stand apart from other Jello directors, even though the rest of his films might just kind of be run-of-the-mill, paint-by-number plot. Yeah, and, and I agree. I, I think with the exception of All the Colors of the Dark, which was just kind of too weird yeah. to ever be... It was it was never really brought back. They tried to bring it back at the end by explaining like who the people in the cult were supposed to be and everything, but it was just... It was too far-fetched, but... The way that they wrapped up the end, and I won't mention anything specific about Strange Vice, the way that they wrapped that film up, and there's another, there's a very similar scene in that movie with um, Edwidge and George Hilton riding the motorcycle up the trail. Yeah. Um, that it reminded me of, of this. Um, and the way that they resolved Case of the Scorpion's Tale, um, and the way that they, they, what was the other, what was the other um, Martino film? Why am I blanking? Um, Torso? Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, All the Colors of the Dark, Your Vice, Case of the Scorpion's Tail, Torso, yeah. I mean, basically, um, I don't know. They all they all kind of have that thing where, you know, you get that third act and everything kind of, like, like you said, Creep, just kind of picks up the pace and things start to resolve themselves. And then you see that one character has double-crossed another one, which has actually double-crossed a third and... and I, I still think uh, Strange Vice is my favorite of all the movies. Yeah, but, um, for sure. 
I like I like this one simply because it it it's different in a way that makes it not a normal giallo, but it still keeps enough of the giallo kind of um, things that we like about the giallo film um, to make it an exciting one. Whereas all, all the colors of the dark is really a little too far out there. Yeah. Um, even though there there are parts of it that I like, Case of the Scorpion's Tail is very kind of um, by the book Jalo, and of course Torso is really half Jalo, half slasher. So um, it it's interesting because Martino kind of does a little something different with each one of these films that he puts out, and I think Strange Vice is really the one that um, that was the first. It was his first one. It's his first Jalo, and I think it's my favorite and one. It's his and best. it's his uh, for sure. I think it's his best. Yeah, definitely. I will sing that one all day long. Um, I think for this one, if you're a fan of the Corman, Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe movies, or a fan of like the Mario Bava, Barbara Steele, or Hammer movies, right? And you like Edwidge, that this movie is definitely a must see if those are things that yep. you like. Because seeing her in this light <clears throat> is very, very refreshing. And I think there's enough of that other shit, like the whole Poe and the Gothic and all that crap, if you're into that, that would make this worth watching. And if you are into seeing her have sex with fucking Strange Burger, like, why not, you know? Like, right. good shit, Absolutely. right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, lots of boobies in this movie. There's not nearly yeah. enough fur burger for this guy right here with two thumbs. Yeah. I'm going to come yeah. right out and yeah. say that. When I think 1972, I think pubic hair. And I didn't get any of that on this. Got some butt crack, but that's it. Um, what did you guys think of um, after he finally has sex with um, his niece, all of a sudden his dick works again now? And he goes and fucking rapes his wife and the bird shit in the pigeon cage. <laughs> that was the most awkward scene in the world. And then uh, Felonia, or whatever her name is, the Edwidge character, walks up and she like sees it. She's like, oh. And then just like turns around and goes inside. It was super weird. Am I right? Or was are you guys all normal on it? No, I was kind of... I, I kind of felt that that... It, it, it may if, if the if the if the film if I could say anything about the film taking it one step too far with the re, with these relationships it was probably that step part of it it was you know I guess it was going to maybe it was going to evolve to to that anyway like you knew that there was going to be this incestuous relationship this incestuous this incestuous sexual encounter you knew that that was eventually going to happen. Um, and then the, you know, the rape scene right after that, you know, maybe, maybe didn't need to happen. I'm not sure. Um, it was, it was obviously very awkward and weird, um, you know, between the cat with the stabbed eye and the, the doves and the, and um, Strange Burger with that crazy hair and, you know, Oliviero with his, with his turtleneck sweaters and, and, and Edwidge just kind of walking around like, uh, ho hum, no big deal. Just another day in wacky, you know, 
uh, bizarre love triangle paradise. I, I think it was kind of like a thing where it's like he's coming at her with scissors. He stabs the ground like he could kill her if he wants to. And then he finally has sex with her, which we're kind of made to believe that this hasn't happened in a very long time. And it was, I feel like that's when the movie kind of kicked in for Irina because she's like, oh my God, like, because I feel like she was trying to break him the whole time. And the fact that all of a sudden now he could fuck meant she needed to hurry the fuck up because like her whole plan was going to shit now. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's no lack of Freudian influence in this movie it's it's all about you know the mom and the the uh, oedipus complex and you know all all these films from that time period they seem to kind of you know i guess there was a, a at that time like in the culture of young people they were just starting to get into things like philosophy and nietzsche and freud and all this other stuff and so they were throwing that stuff in to the films for you know that the you know because again we're talking about uh, um, a working class group of people who, who this film was intended for, like all the other ones. So, um, you know, it, again, uh, another question, I, I guess, for Al, and maybe he, he can't answer it because he was too young, but, you know, we find all of these kind of nuances in these films <clears throat> that I'm, I'm sure that the filmmakers intend ended for us to find but i wonder if they ever thought that you know they're the audience that they made the films for were ever going to notice these things or if they were just going to be like oh wait let's pay attention to the screen because somebody's either taking their clothes off or about to get murdered so um i I always find that to be interesting because you know it's clearly there's a lot of thought put into this stuff there's a lot of thought put into the storyline or at at least the writing yeah for sure yeah and I think a lot so of that I don't... is just like the writers who have been writing. I mean, I don't know about this one in particular, but I know a lot of the people went from making successful westerns and stuff like that, and then right. turned and started having to do this to make a couple bucks here and there. But I'm sure they still wanted to put some of themselves or something thought-provoking or something in the scripts. And at the end of the day, I almost feel like the the producers were just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, what page does she take her shirt off? You know? And just so you know, that chick was a hooker. I just, I'm watching the movie in the background right now. And she refers to her as her madam and says that she's going to get 50,000 whatever to get piped or something like that. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Which makes this, which makes this sign of the cross thing even more like just funny. As as she she gets into bed, she's about to click. She is like my favorite she... character in this movie, hands down, <laughs> dude. And I'm so sad. Giovanna, dude, I'm so sad she wasn't in the movie very long, because she was <laughs> fun to stare at. But so, was she the only person to really root for in this film? Because I'm finding it hard to really get behind anyone. I mean. I, I think it would be very easy to get behind her, especially with how she got off the train. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever been introduced into a film ass first before? No, this is not a well, beta first. Frank, the Frankenstein monster something. was introduced walking backwards into a room and then turns around. So she basically did the same entrance as Frankenstein, but um, okay. they just kind of lingered on the butt a little bit longer. 
Yeah. And that shot of her getting pulled down the stairs is fucking great, dude. That is such a fucking good scene. That scene is yeah. suspense-ridden everything. Like, that is one of those textbook things, dude. Like, if you want to shoot a really fucking scary-ass suspenseful scene, watch that scene. That's fucking good, dude. And then the fucking killer gets killed by some fucking old fucking madam. That's just, like, the best bit. She, like, hits him in the head with a candlestick and makes his fucking neck explode or something. Oh, so good, dude. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. So, I I mean... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, just the, because I don't know if maybe it was the purpose was to get you to get behind Irina, and then all of a sudden she turns out to be, you know, the killer of this all. So then, in the end, you just realize that there's no protagonist in this film at all. I mean, they try to get you to be sympathetic for her because she's constantly getting um, belittled and humiliated and raped or attempted rape and then he eventually does get raped and I think the only the person that you are supposed to feel sorry for is um, Mr. Dirtbike and that's a you know horrible what his name person is? to um... Dario is it? I, did we talk about this before? Has, is Martino and Argento did they have some kind of a beef? maybe not I don't, I don't know. know I think um, Argento might have stole a bunch from that last scene though but we've about that. Right. Um, I think everyone, if I'm not mistaken, I think especially around this time, like the very early seventies, I think all of the granddaddies kind of had a problem with Argento in the first place. Yeah. Like more of a, who the fuck does this guy think he is? And they probably was also had a, Oh, his fucking daddy's fucking paying for him to fucking do shit. Yeah. I think uh, Martino's dad, or maybe right? someone related to him, produced this one. So it's his brother. It's Edwidge's husband. Okay. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. Duh. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if this was a sting towards Dario or not, um, towards Argento, because I guess the character himself. I mean, he gets to get into a sleeping bag with Edwidge, and then we never really see him again. So. I mean, seriously, I think- is like. Dying on a motorcycle really that bad if the scene before you got to bang her in a sleeping bag? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he comes back to die on a motorcycle next to, you know, the beautiful Floriana. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he is the hero of this film. But what a shitty hero. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Who do you root for here? I think you just just kind of watch it and... Like this, like a, like it's a, some sort of a spectacle, as opposed to having a, having a hero yeah. and a villain to, to root for. Yeah. So that yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Maybe that's the point of it all. It's it's kind of the only person to really feel sympathy for. It turns out to be a villain. It's like, well, maybe that's what life is all about. I think if I was <laughs> Ivan Rossimoff, I would seriously go. Okay, so in every movie I'm ever in, I play an accomplice for a better bad guy. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I should try to rethink my career. Not stand (laughs) so close to cliff edges. Dude, as soon as, like, I'm, like, going, okay, so she's driving him out to the country on this cliff to say, 
this is where I think we should take the bodies. And he's like, well, can't we just leave them in the wall? And she's like, no, I think it would be better here. And he's like, I think it is a lovely idea. It, it was just like, <laughs> come on, dude. She's about to fucking push your ass off a cliff. You don't go I bet to she wishes she, I bet she wishes she kept him around long enough to move those bodies. Or at least to fucking pawn it off on him. Yeah. You know? Right. And dude, that was another thing. Oh, I hear meowing. We should definitely go look for that cat. Like, I, how come she didn't say, oh, yeah, the cat's fine. It's just meowing. It's probably wandering through the rooms. It doesn't like people. Well, it's not going to come out if you guys are here. And, I mean, the was cop the was going to... Well, the cop was going to get rid of the cat anyway. He was just yeah. checking on a story that the creepy bag lady on the tricycle came to fucking say homegirl went ape shit and stabbed a fucking cat in the eyeball. You know, so they were just doing their due diligence as shitty cops to come out and have a fucking case fall in their lap kind of thing. But like all she had to fucking say was, yeah, because like my neighbor has three fucking cats. I it took me nine months of hanging out at his place before I actually saw him. They do not come out when there's right. people around. And in a big-ass fucking house like that... investigating animal cruelty. I don't give a fuck what the hell you're investigating. Bitch should have fucking just said, cat doesn't like people, it's around <laughs> here somewhere, it's fine, it's fucking meowing, so obviously the cat's not dead. And then fucking Mr. fucking Chief Inspector is all, hmm, that meow sounds like he's hurt. I would have said, suck a dick, bro. Come on. Yeah. Like, he speaks fucking cat now, and now he fucking knows this shit? That's fucking bullshit. Italy doesn't have warrants. So. <laughs> don't worry about it. Or when, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure she didn't know the cat was in the wall and was going to start meowing and all that other shit. But, like, as soon as he said, oh, we were about to leave, I'm, I'm going to come down to the station, or we need you to fill out a form telling us what happened, I would have just said, oh, shit, you know what? Why don't I just come down to the station and do that? Because I forgot to get my giant baguette of bread that I need for my spamich later. <laughs> like, I don't know why, like, I don't know. And this is just, like, me trying to kill the end of a movie, but, like, if... I mean, I guess I've read enough Poe to know that if you have bodies in your house somewhere, no matter how well they're hidden, and a cop shows up, you still go out for coffee. You don't invite the motherfuckers in. Okay? Right. I mean, that's just me. That's just how I roll when I have bodies in my house. So. Well, Strangeburger hasn't read enough Poe, or at least not as much as you. Obviously, yeah. this I mean, other little bit that makes has nothing to do with anything that I wanted to bring up before I forgot. Um, during the motorcycle race, like when his when his bike falls down and he's like yelling at it and he's all pissed off. There's all these banners <clears throat> around for like the sponsors or whatever, and one of them says um, it's probably pronounced Fernet or something like that. It's F E R N E T. And I was like, oh, wow, Fearnet sponsored the race. And I sat there, and I'm just watching the movie, and then I'm like, wait a second, Fear, wait, shit, Fearnet's, like, not that old. And, like, I totally had to take a fucking double take and go back and read the fucking sign again. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, like, lack of sleep or what, 
But for a second, I thought that Fearnet sponsored the motorcycle race in 1972 that fucking Dario Argento was in. So, uh, there you go. yeah. <laughs> so we finally hit the point where Creep says something that Chris and I can't respond to. <laughs> we knew it was coming. <laughs> it wasn't a question, Fearnet. though. Yeah. Did Fearnet really sponsor the bike race? What is Fernay? Let's find that out. But I am also glad that... Al, what's Fernay? Um, I'm glad that the cop fucking said, hey, by the way, we caught the killer. It turned out to be the guy at the bookstore. Because when they showed that dude laying on the ground, I was like, who the fuck's that supposed to be? Exactly. And if they didn't say that, I... That this movie would have been definitely a shit pot film for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were smart enough to know that not everybody was going to make that connection, so they needed to have some kind of an explanation scene for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we paid a lot of attention to it. Imagine, you know, what the what the normal audience, what the original audience was like. Who the fuck is this guy? You know, even if they even noticed. You know, yeah. Really. We don't even know so yeah I'm, I'm glad they did that but at the same time it's why do you have to have these lingering shots then because obviously you're saying hey look who it is look everyone it was this guy <laughs> it's like yeah. there's another film that i won't say which it is because it's kind of a spoiler but the guy gets killed and then they show who it is and it's someone you haven't seen at all like the entire film it's like some completely different person and then the newspaper reports start coming out and you find out who this person was or whatever. But um, when I saw that one, I was just like, oh, is that? No. No, that's... No. Shit. Who the fuck Uh is that guy? But, um... (laughs) And to let you know a little, it's about a a movie that we've already talked about on this episode a little bit. But, um... It tripped me out quite a bit, and I think they handled it. Oh, okay. Here. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? And I was, like, seriously right. mad. I, like, stood up off the couch. <laughs> you pulled your pants up? A little bit. Yeah. Um, my favorite line, I think, in this movie, though, and the delivery, at least in the dub, is when Strangeburger goes into the kitchen and there's all these eyeballs on the counter and she starts screaming and Edwidge comes in and starts consoling her and then fucking um, Oliviero or whatever his name is he walks in he's like is my wife dead? (laughs) and she's like no and she's like how could you leave this stuff around and he's like it's Satan's favorite meal she buys and cream like, what the <laughs> fuck is She Buys and Cream? Is that, like, something... Uh, Al, there's another question for you. Is She Buys and Cream something that fucking you feed animals? Is that, like, a normal fucking meal? Like... I, I can't imagine it. Well, I don't know. He had a plethora of She Buys on that table. Might be something... I'm glad you brought up the She Buys, because that, yeah, that did throw me off at first. But just how he said, yeah, I thought so too, because they were pretty fucking big. I've seen a lot of sheep eyes, because I think in uh, Friday the 13th Part 3, when the old man's laying in the road and he gets up and he's like, look what he gave me, and it's an eyeball. Uh I I think that was actually a sheep eye too. Um, And Uh that did not look like those other eyeballs. 
Right. Not that I'm a connoisseur, so I'll I'll, I'll pull it back a little bit. You just do a lot of science experiments in your house. I should do more. I really should. I homeschool, yeah. so I really need to be doing more science <laughs> projects. To order more sheep as sheep size, put them in your fridge. Well, I'll go down to like one of the Mexican butcher shops and see if they have them because that's like where I got like heart. Like whenever I do a movie that's really gory, I go down there and I'll get like um, goat tongues and hearts and stuff like that awesome. for the film because yeah. they look real. Like the hearts are fucking disgusting, but uh, <laughs> the tongue, man, like all the taste buds and they like curl. Like the tongue is it curls when it's fucking it's just it's weird and then you pour a bunch of fake blood in brother's cannibal we cook them and so we have them on a on an oven or on a stove in a skillet and we have a bunch of fake blood on it and it stunk like shit and so when you see that movie that's my hands cooking but it smells fucking awful and the fake blood gets all like in between all the taste buds on the tongue and it just, it looks fucking, like, ridiculously disgusting. It was just, like, it was too much for me. I was, like, dry heaving. It was gross. Total rabbit trail. Sorry, you guys. Eric, continue. Oh, yeah. I was just saying I like like, <laughs> I like the eyeballs uh, in this in this film. But, <laughs> glad we brought them up. Pretty gruesome. All I don't right. know where I was going with it. I just wanted to congratulate you on on remind, reminding us all that there were eyeballs in this one. Well, I want to congratulate you for also liking them. Yeah. Are you still cleaning the gun? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to, I'm just, I'm, to be honest, guys, and I do have to apologize to our listeners and you both. Um, I've been spending a lot of time trying to find the, a picture of Edwidge in that outfit I was trying to distract. <laughs> I can't find any, so I think I'm just like, gonna freeze frame the YouTube video. You're obsessed and and uh, That's preoccupied. Worst, Once something gets in my head, I I can't get it out. Okay, let me yeah, ask you one that I had today. So, a friend from the other side of the pond, and maybe our UK listeners can help validate this story. Apparently, there was a commercial for Oil of Olay with Jane Fonda in it. And at the end of the commercial, she says, Hey, I'm 65. Not bad, nah? And that's what she says. And it was apparently made fun of on a bunch of sketch comedy shows, and it was just ridiculous that she said, Not bad, nah? And I don't even know what the (laughs) fuck that means. And so everyone who um, I was talking to, meaning one person, um, was telling me I had to see this fucking commercial. So I find the exact commercial, but at the end, she says something along the lines of, I look great, don't I? And the person I was talking to was like, that's bullshit. That's not the commercial. In the commercial, she (laughs) says, not bad, nah. And so there was like this whole thing. And so she thinks that Jane Fonda sued Oil Volet to have them pull the commercial down and put a new one up. And um, so I know because that ate up a lot of my day today trying to find that commercial. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you're trying to find something like that. Yeah, but to your credit, you didn't do it during a podcast. So I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> and now we have two moments in the show where Eric and I have no idea what to say. <laughs> Not bad, no. Nah? 
I really don't, huh? <laughs> and for anyone in the UK or overseas, no one says that. Nah? I don't even know what that is. I don't know what word she's trying to say right there. That's not something that Americans say. So now that that's been cleared up. <sighs> yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, that, that was that was getting really skeptical or sketchy. So, yes. um, so yeah. what do we think about this film? Eric, why don't you... So we all like it? I go first. I... I kind of put this in the the middle of the road not to give away our rankings yet but um just from everything we've talked about uh the the fact that it was kind of plotless as creep mentioned until the end when it kicked in and if you have seen the film before maybe that um it's maybe it's better on a rewatch when you can go back and kind of pay attention is, to I the think. yeah, yeah I'm, i feel like i'm chris Five, ten, or whatever. However many years ago, you said you watched this the first time, and where I've just, you know, left a little, maybe unimpressed from everything I heard about it. Of course, the I thought that the performances from all the actors were probably the best, or some of the best that I've seen in in one of these films. But as far as the the plot itself and the annoying cat, I had to keep, you know, muting it every time it came yeah. on because my. <laughs> Great. My cats were going nuts, and uh, people were trying to sleep in the house. So, um, but yeah, just the just the story itself kind of meandered a little bit, and, and didn't really go anywhere. Sometimes, and that motorbiking thing, her little romance with Dario was kind of um, it just felt like it was thrown in there and didn't really have a purpose. But it got of course, shallow it was, score points for having a bike race in it, huh, Chris? You know it. You know it. <laughs> um, hold on one second, That's guys. True. You guys can keep talking. I just need to plug my computer in. It's about to die. Hold on. Okay. We also got um, – it also got some uh, points for, for – can anyone hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, let me pull it up. Uh, it got points for um, – Death from Falling, and it got points for Dolls and Dummies, because there were some Dolls and Dummies there. Um, it got points for Mistaken Identity. Um, <laughs> um, but it lost points because there were no black gloves. There really wasn't a amateur detective whatsoever, and... You, we can only assume that um, Irina is captured or taken to jail once they see, you know, that that her husband's in the sure. wall. So I don't know. They we don't get any points. Gave him a for... very expensive bottle of fucking champagne. He might let her off. <laughs> this is worth a fortune. Those crooked cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I don't know. It felt like it was also a little more. I don't know how to explain it. Like. More so than other films we've watched, uh, dated in the way that it, you know, talked about like black people and, and yeah. different things like that. But that could be the rural aspect of it. Um, I don't know if this is a bad word, and if it is, someone tell me. But like the word "negress," at least the way they were saying it, made me feel yeah. really like ew when I heard him say Just it. Just like darky. And, uh, Dark. Yeah, that was kind of rough, dude. It's like I. If, seen a couple films with um you know black women in it black 
men and it just it felt like you know they kind of just seamlessly fit into the the plot in the film as characters and then heroes just hammered over and over the point that she was this black maid and uh, she wasn't just the maid she wasn't just you know a woman that was killed they had to say i killed that black girl i killed that darkie or whatever and uh, doesn't every man yeah, want to said this? she did right yeah so did i, I don't do know. it or did she do it i thought she said she had her killed oh yeah okay i can't i can't remember but i mean if you Whatever if this... you go back and and recollect the actual scene i mean she she's, falls into her arms she's in and she was in yeah, she's like in another room yeah yeah okay so, so it just that kind of pulled me out of the film too just those kind of dated references and um it just yeah other than that though i am willing and excited to go back and watch this maybe in a little bit maybe even after we watch strange vice um because i heard that the title of this film was pulled from that film so there is some sort of a correlation between those ones yeah, yeah, that th there's a note um that the killer or one of the people in the film leaves for Julie Ward. Um Is that when they're in Spain? Like after they ran away I, and thought they were like away from him and then the little kid comes up with the flowers. I I'm not sure. It's it's either that scene or it's the scene um where uh they go into Ivan Razumov's house and they find him in the bathtub and then when they get back to oh, the okay, car okay. there's a bouquet of flowers I can't remember which one is is, <clears throat> is one but uh, it's one of those two where and there's a note attached to the bouquet of flowers and it's your vice is a locked room and only I have the key so which um, makes way more sense in that movie than it does in this movie right you know what I'm well, saying I mean there's She's, I mean, Irina, she is locked in a room. Um, Oliviero, I mean, some, some, I guess he makes her come off like she's this repressed, sexual, um, sexually repressed type of person. And so I don't know if they're trying to refer to, like, only someone has the, only one person has the key to unlock that door. And that's where I thought they were going with it at first. But then, yeah, I guess from there, kind of derailed. Right, but there are rooms of that in which she gets locked in, and he only has the key. That's right. <laughs> Scorpions' yeah. tails and crystal plumages. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it would be um it would be fun for us to do a retrospective of the Martino Giallo eventually. I don't think um. We're going to be visiting any more Martino films anytime soon, simply because um, we just did. Picks it right now. We kind of yeah, <laughs> well, we, right. We, we we did we did two almost in a row, and then you know besides that, the films that have uh, Anita Strangeberger and Edwidge and uh, Ivan Razumov. I mean, you know they're they're all in these other uh, the other two films we haven't covered, so. Um, we're going to be talking about the same stuff over and over again. I think we all need a break from that cast of characters. Oh, listen to him setting the tone. He's got to change his pick. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I actually, okay. when we get to picks, that's a whole other topic for another five minutes from now. But um, so, it, it, at the end of the day, we all kind of like this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. I um, I liked it more this time than than ever. So, uh, it's certainly not my favorite Jallo of all time, but it's um, it's. Uh, trying to decide where I put it on the Martino list. I guess Mrs. Ward is number one for me. Um, number two is probably Torso. And then it's a tie for third between this film and um, Case of the Scorpion's Tale. So um, so it's interesting stuff. Well, for, sure. for me, I the more I watch this movie, the less I like it. But this the lot like this last time viewing it i think i got more out of it because i was trying to get more out of it you know what i'm okay. saying like because this is probably this is one of the first ones i sought out because again strip nude for your killer was the first one i really saw so i was just looking for ones with insane titles you know what I'm saying? Right. And so <clears throat> this is one of the first ones I sought out. And it's, um, I don't know, like this last time watching it, like like all the twists at the end that all happen all at once, like the payoff on those were a lot better this time watching it than right. other times I've seen it. Yep. It's like Mr. Shyamalan and Ding Dong watched this and said i gotta start making movies with a twist that was horrible anyway so yeah i i agree <laughs> with a lemon twist yeah with a twist of lemon <laughs> yeah so okay there you go wow. guys um oh i actually have do you guys have any like trivia type stuff i have a little bit i don't yeah no not really other than nothing that i provided before so go ahead okay well in another martino film called suspicious death of a minor um the movie poster for this is seen and then i guess there's a scene in a movie theater and when they're in the movie theater um there's like some thing going on but um this is the movie that's playing in the movie theater while shit's going on inside the theater. So that's kind of neat. If you've seen Suspicious Death of a Minor, which is also a Sergio Martino movie, by the way. Is that, a, is that like a poli uh, p police procedural movie? Or? I think it is. Yeah. But it's, um, and it makes I think it's 75 or 76. Yeah, it sounds like that's that title would be indicative of, of a police film. Plus, the the time period is is right. Um, let me see what else do I have here. Um, another place that this movie was shot at. Um, I can't read my writing on the first bit, but um, instead of Padua, there's another place called Padua, Veneto, I guess might be a different little town or village um some other parts of the movie were shot there and um also um the 2013 romeo and juliet and um i think from the early 90s a movie called americano rosso was shot there 
And <clears throat> the actual studio where I believe they did shoot some of this stuff, and it might just be like the pickup stuff of other people getting killed or whatever, um, was shot. And I don't, I didn't write down the name of the studio, but um, other things that were shot there were scenes of um, Phenomenon, Tenebrae, Zombie, um, Django, a bunch of awesome shit. So that was actually kind of huh. neat. Um, but, um, other than that, oh, yes, I have titles. The many other titles of this film. Um, in America, this was also released as Excite Me, which is awful. Um, Eye of the Black Cat. Gently Before She Dies. Those were the American titles besides Your Vice is a Locker Room and Only I Have a Key. And honestly, Gently Before She Dies is a great title, but I don't think it's a good title for this movie. Eye of the Black it Cat is a anything. very good title, but it's not exploitive enough, I don't think. Yeah, uh, just banking off Poe. Yeah. Um, in Brazil, the movie was released as Satan in the Dark Room, which is kind of cool. Um, in Portugal and Spain, the movie was released as... Vice's Band. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is great. In Greece, it was released as The Tower Was the Killer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that might be a translation oh, issue. But, um, and then um, it was released as Mystery of the Black Cat, also in Greece, when it was reissued. And in Hong Kong, it has probably the best title, wink, wink. It was known as Irene. So there you go. Those are <laughs> <pretty> self-explanatory. <laughs> Those are what the movies were known as, or this movie was known as, at least. And then the Italian title, which I will butcher to all shit, but it is translated as Your Vice's Locker Room Only Advocate. Yeah. That was a very, there was a very Peter Griffin inhale. Ow. Ow. How's your knee? Ow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I guess that's it. So um, what we need to do now is um, say what a bow. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was no, his. That's a different. His is um, the James Bond song. Which it, 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 we would have to change. Oh, maybe right. we'll go to Mission Impossible with it. Um, okay. Or maybe just the New York Ripper theme. Also cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> What's my favorite part? Here it comes. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Okay. Um, so now we get to say what the next three movies we're going to pick are. We announce them to one another. And we didn't right. do this before the show, so this is going to be a big surprise to us all. Is it? Yeah. All right. Maybe just to me. 
I, I will I can tell you, tell now you that, that I'm going to... I don't have any Sergio Martino films on my list. I don't either, and mine is going to be shocking. 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 Oh, shit, I haven't done that in ages. So anyway, um, yeah, so who wants to start? One, two, three, not it. Um, I can volunteer this time. Wow, you guys do not know how to play Not It? Am I the only kid that grew up? Not It. There you go. Okay. Oh, Not It. Jesus, H, Just that was horrible. <laughs> I already said I would go, so. Okay, so take it, Eric. Um, Shoot, now I don't know which one to pick. Okay, I've got a list here. Um, I'm going to go with the one that, because I want Chris to have to write about the this one on his website. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Sister of Ursula from 1978. Ooh. Huh. Milioni. And it's supposed to be one of, like the sleaziest jello ever made. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm doing it for Creep and I'm also doing it for Chris so he can have his wife proofread this before putting it on the site. <laughs> Say you're doing <laughs> it for yourself. <laughs> What's that? Say you're doing it Sister for Sister of too. Ursula. Okay. I'll save it for myself too. Yeah, it is. Interesting. That's a good Sister one. Of Ursula. I never even heard. Yeah, I, I don't think I've heard, heard of that either. I'm excited. All right, I win. You I win. won this game, right? Yeah, because mine's delightfully just gonna... sleazy. Is that what it, it says? Delight. Delightfully sleazy with one of the more unusual weapons in Jalo cinema. Ooh, dildo okay. nunchucks. Don't spoil it. I'm the all movie guide. I gotta check Cinemageddon and see if I can get a copy. You're not supposed to say that word that's out loud. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, um, I guess I will go next. This one is just because I know how much Chris doesn't like this movie, and I figured I would pick a movie that I also am not a huge fan of, just to get a different a different attitude from this guy here with two thumbs. So I am picking the pajama girl case. Uh, uh. <laughs> Just pick on Chris Knight. Awful, awful movie. <laughs> Is that on the... That's okay. Did you do Jello score no, on that? No, I haven't, and that's a that's good that we're doing that because I watched it once and I hated the shit out of it. So maybe it deserves uh, another chance here. It's Never not know. as bad as most people would think, but it's definitely not good. It's not good. Yeah. All right. That's All right. Super. <laughs> Chris, now you have to pick one that you will hate as well. Okay, so I picked, I pulled four films out that I wanted to do one of, and I'm just going to kind of randomly pick one. Let's see. So uh, Eric's is Eric's is from late 70s, right? Yes. And um, so is Creeps. Because I think Pajama Girl Case is from like, like 76 or something like that, maybe. I thought it was 78, but you might be right. Something around there. Anyway, it's, 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 it's later than the classic period. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction, and I'm going to pick Mario Bava's The Girl Who Knew... Damn it, dude! Oh! I was so hoping you were going to say another super early Bava one that I've been really wanting to do. But, okay. That's fine. We could do that one. Is this... Is this... 
movie you're thinking of, Creep, was it made a year after Girl Who Knew Too Much? It was. Okay. But that's okay. I don't know which one you're talking um, about. But yeah. Yeah. No, I want to do this one, that's too. That's on Netflix, though, right? For those of you. Oh, I don't know. I think it is on Netflix. Yeah, Girl Who Knew Too Much? Yeah. I watched it a time ago. I think so. And it's and it's in Italian, so, you know, it'll be it'll probably be the first film that we covered that doesn't have an English soundtrack. Awesome. So that'll be interesting. And this is also the This is in black and white if I'm recalling correctly, right? Yep. Yeah, so and the And what? And and con- considered to be considered by most to be the first film of the genre. Right, because because of, of of enough characteristics that were, you know, um, indicative of the the counterpart novels, um, and I, I guess different enough from the creamy films that came before it, and you know, it, we're talking about like 1963, so it's really early on um, film. You're going to see things that are way different. Um, than you would expect from a Jalo. There's not a lot of gore, um, and uh, it's a little bit more straightforward. It's more like an Alfred Hitchcock kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something that uh, you know we we we're getting up into the 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 uh, the 20s of films covered. So. But I it think also that, uh, has like almost. I'm really curious to see how this does. Is this one on the score yet? Um, no, I don't think it is. I think all the films that, um, all the films that are, I'm going to have to get to work here because next week or two, the next uh, podcast is uh, house with laughing windows, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then after that, it's whatever we, whatever gets picked from all these three. And I don't have any of them scored because so I'm, I'm going to actually, if I recall like almost every like trademark is in this, in the, um, the girl who knew too much. Yeah, if I'm, well, if I'm remembering some, it right, I think between some of the, that and the one and the Blood and Black Lace, yeah, 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 it, it's those two films plus um, Bird has a lot yeah. of stuff in it too. Um, there's no, no nude scene in um, in Snooze in Fest. It's just uh, just too early. I mean, there wasn't a nude scene in Blood and Black Lace either. So no. yeah, yeah, but there was, be a enough, there was enough contrast to panties in that to. What's your whistle? <laughs> True enough. Don't worry, we'll have we'll have enough of a of a contrast between the, the sleaze. I think. We're oh, I'm sure. On this list, uh, we got yeah. a nice diverse. And if you want something that's just here. super boring, you know, with a horrible lead character, the Pajama Girl case has it all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this will and be a fun. really terrible main theme song. I'm oh. voting for that one. I already know it. <laughs> I think this is going to be the first time where um, nobody will vote. No one will vote for their own. All right. Oh. No. It may. You might. It may be the first. It, it, when you when we do pajama girl case, it may be the first time where I insist that you do not put the soundtrack in the background. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, At so least excited. that main theme song. Pajama girl, she's on the case. <laughs> that's, what's, 
<laughs> That's exactly how the theme song goes. It's awful. I wish it went like that, and I wish Eric sung it. And it has one of your favorite scenes in it too, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, the um, the let's all walk around in the in the Library of Congress and try to identify the corpse inside the glass case. Yeah, <laughs> that scene. <laughs> oh, so much fun. This is going to be good because I, I the is it Sister of Ursula? Yeah, I actually heard about this film um, listening to a, a podcast I just recently discovered called The Six and a Half Feet Under. Show. Oh yeah, they did a Giallo show on that. Um, Jeffrey X Martin X runs that, and uh, he brought this up as being his favorite Giallo film because of how delightfully sleazy. As Chris explained it, it, uh, it is. And uh, knowing that uh, Creep likes the sleaze. I love the sleaze. <laughs> just giggling about seeing how it would be written up on Giallo score. And uh, the fact that X gave it such a glowing review. Um, that's that's what kind of put this one over the other choices I had in mind. So, Cool. I'll probably vote for it. So, Just don't Google image search it at work, people. Oh my god, I'm doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So um, I guess that's it. I'll go put those up. And um, here is, I guess, the trailer for House of the Laughing Windows. So until the next time we do this, that would be um, ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Sei già stato in chiesa? Questa mattina? Allora hai già visto l'affresco? Sì, perché? Avrei preferito l'avessi visto con me. Non devi parlarne assolutamente con nessuno. Credo di aver scoperto la storia più allucinante che si possa immaginare. Ecco perché ho fatto in modo che chiamassero te. Se vuoi cominciare a capirci qualcosa, devo portarti in un posto. C'è una casa dalle finestre che ridono. Le sorelle erano delle gran puttane. Credo di aver scoperto tutto, qualcosa di orribile. Nella tua stanza. Presto! Ma cosa credi che vado in chiesa e vedo un quadro? Mi spavento soltanto perché vedo un quadro in chiesa. Oggi ha ritratto quella sgualderina mentre crepava.